join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. New Year's is now in the rearview mirror. By now, some of the excitement about our New Year's resolutions may be dying down, much like my excitement for Chelsea Football Club as we get further and further into the season. If you're looking for performance apparel that can help give you the extra push you need to keep up with your health goals, Viore has you covered. Viore creates incredibly versatile and comfortable activewear designed to look great in everyday life in and out of the gym, or in my case, on or off the tennis court. Plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint by offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They are utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. With Viore, you can feel good about the things you buy and also how they are made. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash MIB. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash MIB. Not only Will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any US orders over $75 and free returns? Trust me, go to viore.com MIB and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's Welcome to a Men in Blazers pod special. It's Davo here with a new installment of our pod special series presented by our friends at Camarena Tequila, who are supporting this collection of extended conversations with some of the biggest guests in the Men in Blazers universe. Today's guest, one of the purest shooters in pro hoops, like an NBA Yuri Tillmans. We're talking about the Miami Heat's Duncan Robinson. And what's remarkable about Duncan is not just his ability to come off a screen and nail a three, but the way he's ground his way through the ranks and done the hard yards, starting his college career at Division Three Williams College and then having to pay his dues in the G League before emerging as an NBA cult hero. More than all of that, he is such a big football fan. He has two teams, City and Tottenham. He also happens to be just a truly thoughtful, intelligent guy, something which shines through in his conversation with Rog. So here it is, our Men in Blazers pod special with Duncan Robinson, presented by Camarena Tequila. My guest today... Might just be the sporting underdog story for the ages. Straight out of New Hampshire, he rose as a sweet shooter from unlikely origins to chart his own path as Nescak Messi all the way to the NBA Finals. A journey filled with perseverance, belief and human wonder. It's a joy to welcome, from your Miami Heat, the other big dunk. It's Mr. Duncan Robinson. Raj, that is one heck of an introduction. Thank you so much for having me on. It is a joy to be with you too, because there's a lot I love about you. Your sweet, sweet shot, your career journey, mostly your courage, your incredible climb to NBA wonder. First of all, you were born on an island in New Hampshire, population 1,000 people, give or take. Tell us its name. Newcastle. Newcastle. Yep. <sighs> so, you know, right there next to Portsmouth as well. I couldn't love 
New Hampshire Moor, the granite state that names towns after football clubs Steve Bruce has violated. Your Newcastle, a long, long way away from the town that DeAndre Yedlin built. There were just four kids in your grade at school and you made it there to the NBA finals by roads less taken. What did you think when you were a kid? Take us back there in Newcastle was possible in your dreams back then. Well, I just really at that point had a love for all sports, but definitely basketball. I played a little football back in the day, of course. But at that point, really the idea of playing in the NBA was so far off. But instead, it was just continue to to make the most of every opportunity and, and see what happens. You were a late bloomer. A belated growth spurt meant you didn't even start for your high school team till junior year when you shot up from five foot seven to six foot eight. But it was still too late for you to get a single Division One scholarship offer. But belatedly, you began to pour in the points, dominate games. What did that feel like, Duncan, to suddenly obtain a completely different body, superpowers of height, to feel the force like a young Jedi? It wasn't exactly a smooth transition. I went through <laughs> some, some years where I, I struggled to, to run and be coordinated. It took some time to grow into to my body, literally, but also mentally. It took a little bit of an adjustment to realize how tall I was just because I grew so fast. But you know, once I did, then I started to kind of figure some things out on the court and some things started to come together. You ended up going to Williams, an elite liberal arts college known for its incredible art history program, lesser known for its basketball team, the Mighty Eefs. But you established yourself as the Nescat King, scoring for fun, leading the team to title games in 2014, and yourself a transfer to Mighty Michigan. You've said a lot of people underestimate D3 basketball, but it is some leap, Duncan, like going from League One football to the championship. It's definitely a transition, but with that being said, Division Three basketball is a high level. If you're playing at that point in your career, then you've clearly done something right. But I loved my time at Williams. A lot of time spent in gyms and a lot of time spent working on papers and, and homework assignments because it's a, it's a tough <laughs> academic school, for sure. Yeah, I, I am fascinated by the transition on a personal level. You've said it's a huge change in speed, strength, and skill. But you went from playing the likes of Colby, Amherst, in front of audiences that could have been fewer than 300, suddenly you're jetting to games against Michigan State, against Indiana, watched by 17,000, 18,000 insane in the membrane fans, large national TV audiences. That's a massive life transition. Obviously, the jump to Michigan, just the athleticism, the size, uh, and, and of course, the skill as well is probably multiple steps up. Yeah, there were a lot of moments where I just was like, I can't believe this is actually happening. We would literally play in empty gyms uh, sometimes. You know, sometimes on a Friday night, maybe we'd get a packed game if we were playing our rival or something like that. But to go from that to playing in Assembly Hall, uh, you know, against Indiana, playing at the Breslin against our rival Michigan State in front of these crazed fans. It was really a dream come true for me growing up because those are the types of college basketball games you watch on TV. And to be living it was really, really special. But how did that change you, Duncan, as a person? Because it must have done. Well, it certainly taught me to not take fan criticism too personally. Because <laughs> uh, at that level, it's not as much of a business as the NBA is, but it, it is still a business. And you know, fans view it as entertainment. And if you're not getting the job done, they'll let you know about it. So especially with social media and all the different forums for people to have their opinions heard, I quickly had to gain a callus around me and, and just kind of realize that 
people are fickle and that very quickly things can change. Yeah, they could love you one second and hate you the next, but also just to focus more on what's important and, and the people that matter and the people in your corner and your teammates. We know the rest of the story. You and you callous, you established yourself as a great shooter, Michigan's third all-time leader in three-pointers, forced your way into the NBA. First, as an undrafted free agent, you did the two-way contract G League thing to establish yourself. I think that's technically called Carusoing your way to the big time. That's right. Is it fair to say you, Duncan Robinson, are the Jamie Vardy of Nescac? <laughs> I don't know if that's quite fair. I mean, I guess you could make the comparison, but no, you, I mean, you mentioned Caruso really, really set the tone and uh, forged the path, if you will. So there are other people that have done it. So I just tried to control every opportunity that I did have and make the most of it. And from there, just see where the chips fall. You know, I do think of you as Jamie Vardy. If Jamie Vardy was six foot eight, less feral and had a podcast, the long shot, which is Absolutely excellent, by the way. Here's what I want to know. You were never number one at what you did. There were always those around you who were more skill-blessed, more favoured, more coveted. But you, Duncan Robinson, were the one that succeeded. What do you attribute that to? A combination of things. I don't think it's one thing, but first and foremost, I got some incredible people in my corner, you know, my family, my close friends, and I think a strength and something that, that I've always tried to pride myself on is just being very present where I am and try not to forecast my success. When I was at Williams, I wasn't trying to get to Michigan, but I was just trying to be the best player for Williams that I could possibly be and really focusing just on running my own race and not getting caught up in comparisons, but instead just going out there competing, showcasing what I'm capable of and continuing to improve. I'm a huge proponent of self-improvement, you know, every single day chipping away, you know, understanding that things aren't going to change maybe day to day or week to week. But if you continue to put in the work over time, whether it be months or years or what have you, that you'll have something to show for it. Yes, you don't listen to the comparisons like you, Duncan Robinson, or the NBA Jamie Vardy. And like Vardy, from 8th tier Stockbridge Park to the big time, I wish you'd stuck with football, Duncan Robinson, because I believe young Dunk was quite the midfielder back in the day. What kind of a player were you? Ah, uh, Growing up, it was my favorite sport. I loved to play. Being outside and just the team aspect and the movement on the pitch and learning and developing. And by the time I was in middle school, it was really soccer and basketball, just those two. And when I got to high school, I grew, I grew so much <laughs> that they didn't want me to play midfield anymore, but they wanted me to play goalie. And that's when... I started to lose my passion. Uh, I still, I loved corner kicks as a goalie because I could just go up and, and play above everybody else. But other than that, I kind of lost my love and passion for playing. But I still love to play here and there. It's just basketball kind of took over. What is this madness that makes you, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Nance, John Collins, all have come on this show and told us they love football, they love playing until they were shoved into goal. Put the big guy in goal. How this is all happening, it's like some kind of deep state conspiracy to stunt the growth of American football. I really felt that I could be dynamic as a sizable midfielder. I felt like I had pretty good touch and I was never the fastest, but I understood pace and, and controlling and you know, how to play through balls and all those sorts of things. I wasn't exactly a goal scorer, but a, a kind of a setup man. But yeah, they thought I was better suited to be in net. And, 
you know, I, I enjoyed that as well. But at that point, it was just like being in that or having the opportunity to play basketball. And you know, eventually I, I gave up on the dream, man. I, I gave up on the dream. It hurts me because it's my dream too. You, Nance, DeAndre Hopkins. John Collins banging in the goals. The question is not whether America would have won the World Cup. I'd be stressing about can we defend it. But thank God the love for the game never left you. You are, it should be made clear, a basketball obsessive. But you watch a lot of football, a lot of soccer. Duncan, what is it that you love about the game when you watch? As a basketball player, I'm always making comparisons to the game and the player movement. You know, for me, first and foremost, I, I love watching particularly Premier League just because of the passion of the fans and the pride that comes just in that entire league, whether it be, you know, all the way from top to bottom. But in terms of the gameplay itself, just the competitive spirit, the competitiveness and watching plays develop. I love the similarities between basketball and soccer. You were originally a City fan during their transformational Adebayor, Tevez, Robinho, Lowell's era, which was so long ago, Oasis hadn't even split up yet, but you chose well. City under Pep have turned into something superlative. What do you see when you watch them? This total football, possession-hungry, avant-garde, passing, destroy-all-comers outfit. They've been incredible this year. Clearly, their possession control and sheer dominance of the Premier League. But yeah, as you mentioned, my fandom of them goes way back to when I first started getting into Premier League. Uh, it really started in playing FIFA. From there, it's grown. And uh, I'm, I'm still a Man City fan at heart, but now I just uh, appreciate the games altogether. And I certainly root for Man City and love the success that they've had. I just enjoy watching good football. Kevin De Bruyne, smoother than one of your high-arcing threes off the screen. A great passer, a great goal scorer. But he also has that unrivaled ability to do exactly what you do. He creates just enough separation to get off that shot. I like that comparison. That's one that uh, I don't know if I particularly deserve to live up to, but I I like it. I'll, I'll certainly take it. He's been incredible. You know, just his ability to just be dynamic out there and obviously goal score, but also set other players up and create scoring opportunities. I'll take that comparison any day of the week. When you watch Raz, Gundogan, Cancelo, their movement, their use of space, their sense of the passing late, are you just marvelling at the three points that Manchester City are poised to win or are you analysing it with that basketball brain? Well, I think that, you know, there's so many similarities as to when teams get things rolling, particularly like Man City has this year. There's so many similarities to when I look back on moments in my career where I feel like teams have had it rolling as well. And those guys you mentioned, there's, there's so many moments where it almost feels maybe to a, a bystander as luck or circumstance of being in the right place at the right time. But I, I've learned that in many cases you create those situations and it's not luck, but it's instead habits and developing trust between teammates and building and developing that rapport in the bubble. We kind of just had all things clicking, firing on all cylinders. You get to that point where there's this nonverbal communication and this general understanding of where you're going to be on the floor and how to play off of each other. And that's really what I see when I, when I watch Man City. People have a very clear distinction of how everybody plays, but also their role. And role definition is so important that when you get to that point and you really develop that, that's special and unique and that not every team can tap into that. And that's where you really see teams, I feel, take that next step and go from really good to dominant, which is obviously what we're seeing. It's the egoless role definition Yes, shocks me when I watch them. Yeah. The, the key to that is you say it egoless, but it's, 
the realization that it, it's not personal and that this is my role because this is what helps this team win. And, you know, being a, a master in your role and, and being somebody, and that's something that I can certainly relate to and that I don't hold the ball or drive to the rim like Jimmy Butler. I, I provide Jimmy Butler space. I stretch the floor. I allow him to be his best version the same way he allows me to be mine. You said you consider your fandom of City real but loose and that you are more of, quote, a free agent in terms of fandom. You said you retain a soft spot and lean towards City, but you also bear great affection for Tottenham Hotspur. I do for a variety of reasons. Harry Kane certainly has a place in my heart. I've actually become a little bit of a collector of football jerseys, and I sport (laughs) frequently a Tottenham jersey, and I wear it proudly. I've seen, I've noticed. Yeah, so, so that's kind of where that originally stemmed from. But like I said, I just love good football, man. When I heard that, on one hand, I was like, yep, City are like his Michigan, Spurs are more like his Eves. One of the peculiar joys of American sports fandom where football fans have no geographical or multi-generational ties to a team, you can kind of make up the rules and like two teams if you want to. It's not like rooting for the Chiefs and the Bills. It just, it does feel different as you pick and choose in the Premier League marketplace. Yeah, I wonder if that's because... Obviously, being over here, we're somewhat disconnected. But with that being said, it's funny how fandom comes about. You know, you'll be watching a game and you don't even fully understand why. Maybe at first you're rooting for a particular team. I have no ties really to any of these teams, but particularly I, I just become fond of teams for different reasons. It might be a specific player or what have you, but then that tends to grow and develop into something more. Before you know it, you found yourself falling head over heels in love with Sam Allardyce. But here's what I want to know. What do you do when City and Spurs play each other? When, like, Gundogan sits down Davinson Sanchez? Do you cry? Do you laugh? Do you laugh, cry? How do you handle that one? Well, it's a little bit of a win-win. Um, but I still feel that my heart truly lies with Man City. As much as Tottenham, I enjoy watching them play. And I'm still probably a, a Man City <sighs> guy to my core. Talking about the NBA... Football fandom does run deep on your team. Jimmy Butler is way into the game, right? Yeah, he's a huge PSG fan. Mostly, he says, just because of Neymar. He's actually a fan of wherever Neymar is. So we've watched many PSG games together, and he certainly is not bashful about his fandom. I've seen Jimmy Butler in full kit wanker in Neymar's uniform. He goes to full Monty. He plays pickup football all over Miami too, right? He does. He does. I haven't gotten the invite to one of his games yet. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he's this year he hasn't obviously with, you know, COVID and everything going on. But last year on off days, he'd be out there playing and getting out there on the pitch. And he's juggling all the time basketballs in practice and trying to kick him in the basket and all sorts of things. So I think he'll say at this point that soccer is right up there with basketball in terms of sports he loves to play. Jimmy Buckets is really just a footballer with a side gig as That's an right. NBA star. But I bet you, the butler and Bam Adebayo banging in the goals, the Heat could possibly be in the running to have the best five-a-side team in the NBA. I like that take from you. I, I think you're spot on. I think that the sheer athleticism, particularly of Bam and Jimmy, I think would be pretty tough for other teams to handle. And I don't want to write myself off too soon here either. I have a little ability still left in the tank that I like to showcase occasionally. I do think about Dallas, Luca, Chris Stapps, Boban. They would be tough. They have the advantage of the Europe influence and that they have quite a few guys that grew up in football crazed areas. So I think that they would be tough for us to handle. But 
you know, at the end of the day, I, I got to take us. You know, you got to believe. I do fear Boban as a Serbian Peter Crouch, but there's a quote that <laughs> Jimmy Butler had about your Miami Heat. He said that the Heat look for diamonds in the rough, guys with that grit, that underdog mentality. We've got a roster full of them. Jimmy Butler essentially described Miami as the West Ham of the NBA. I love that. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels there, for sure. That's something that this organization has always prided themselves on and getting guys that are maybe overlooked or not exactly the most prominent college players or projected to be the best NBA players, but guys that can fill a role and understand what it means to show up every day and just work. Oh, David Moyes is all that's needed to put you over the top. But another of the joys of being in Miami, it's possibly the number one destination for the world's best footballers to hang out in their off-season. You've met Kepa, Umtiti, Griezmann. A lot of guys last year <laughs> came through and obviously this year, we have limited fans and the city is sort of shut down. So it's, it's been hard to get guys back through this year. But that's definitely been a perk of being in Miami. I did love how Tyler Hero and the Thibaut Courtois interaction. Yeah, that was a funny one. I think it was a loose ball or maybe a rebound or something. And Courtois is sitting right there courtside <laughs> on the baseline. And Tyler goes after it and, and lands basically right in his lap. And Tyler had no idea who it was. And I, and I just kind of <laughs> nudge him and I go, do you know who that is? He's like, like nah, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, I, I mean, that's just like a footballer legend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the best, probably the best goalkeeper in the world. And it was an incredible save. It was a save, exactly. I was like, how, how beautiful a moment is that, that Courtois would save your life? Maybe that's a little dramatic, but maybe save your, your career from an injury. We could, we could definitely say that. There is a massive NBA fandom amongst the world's biggest football players. And I know you've spent time with the likes of Paul Pogba. You're obsessed with the game he plays. What can you tell us about what you've learned about footballers' reciprocal fascination with hoops culture? I think that there's just a mutual respect. I think that there's so many more similarities that would maybe meet the eye in terms of how the games are played. And I think that the reliance on teammates, particularly in basketball and football uh, alike, in that no one player can dominate. You need to build a chemistry, build a rapport. The best teams have that. Obviously, they have ability and skill, but they also have all those things off the pitch, off the court that contribute to winning as well. So I think just in general, you know, having the opportunity to see these guys and interact with them just briefly here and there before or after a game has definitely been special just because I'm such big fans. It's one thing to grow up a basketball fan and now have the opportunity to compete against guys that you grew up watching. But particularly Premier League soccer, growing up, it, it felt so foreign and so distant to me. So, so to, <laughs> to be in these settings where I can interact and in some ways view them as counterparts and peers has been pretty special. Duncan, your journey has been special. It's one that's taken a lot of courage to be both a City and a Spurs empathiser. Takes even more courage, though, to walk your singular journey to success. And there's something I read about you that I do admire, that when you were feeling challenged in your college days, you take a moment to listen to the late author David Foster Wallace's renowned 2005 commencement speech at Kenyon College called This Is Water. A complicated speech, which is about thinking differently, working on awareness and being a conscious participant in your own life. Can you take us to those moments? Because I am fascinated 
What particular aspect of the speech spoke to you? That's a big time question. You know, that speech in particular, I heard that early on in my high school career. It's something that stuck with me for a long, long time. It's sort of been my creed, if you will, in that it's guided me through many times where whether it be adversity or just the feeling of this day in and day out, you know, I think that we all experience and I'm always taking new things away from it. And that's one thing that I think is in particularly special about it is, is there's so much depth there and there's so much to unpack. You know, for me, I, I think probably the biggest one is just being a little bit more in tune with your surroundings and just being a little bit more conscious in the settings and, and the people that you're around and having empathy, I think is a word that particularly now in, in today's climate and times is incredibly important. Just understanding that in all likelihood, you know very little about other people and it's important to recognize and acknowledge that and treat everybody with a level of respect. It's helped me a ton. And, and I think that if you learn, and once again, I'm, I'm not trying to stand over here preaching. These are all his thoughts that I just like to pass off as, <laughs> as what I've learned. But if you do that, that seemingly meaningless moments or seemingly meaningless interactions can be full of great value. So it's something that I've loved to have guide me throughout my career. And I've certainly gained a lot of wisdom from it. Oh, to empathy. Duncan Robinson, I'd love you. I love also the quote in that the capital T truth is about life before death. You really are, Duncan Robinson, an American original. To you, your NBA team, your English Premier League teams, to your family, to your health, to your happiness. Duncan, courage. Thank you, Raj, for having me. It's surreal to be here and chopping it up with you. NBA hoops, Premier League football and David Foster Wallace, Duncan Robinson is nothing if not well-rounded. I absolutely love that conversation. Before we go, a quick shout for all of these Camarena interviews with the likes of Arsene Wenger, JJ Watt and Rizza. If you haven't heard those yet, go back on our pod feed, check them out. We should also mention that Camarena is the official tequila of La Liga. Until next time, this is Mikey Three Limes reminding you that Camarena tequila is 40% alcohol by volume. Please enjoy responsibly and always remember... Stay in charge. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Okay, so if you had a time machine, how far mm -hmm. in time would you need to go back to be a dominant basketball player of that era? <laughs> I need to go to when Bob Cousy was playing. Back I in, would, in the plumber days? 27-year-old Shea would give Bob Cousy the f***ing business. <laughs> He's not guarding me. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shay and I are combing through all of the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling ones, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. Follow six trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.